This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. In this current COVID reality, we're focusing on all the ways that we can stay flexible, adaptable, and agile so that we can impact our rapidly changing world for the sake of the gospel. We're all in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us. Hey, welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. Jimmy Scroggins here in our studio at Family Church, downtown West Palm Beach, Florida, where the weather is sunny and hot even in March. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wish you guys could be here. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Leslie Bennett. We also have some guests in the studio with us who we'll introduce in just a minute. Welcome back to podcast for 2021, Church for the Rest of Us. We're talking about church reimagined because all of us have to reimagine to rethink to replant our churches. Yes, we have fewer people attending in person than we had this time last year, and yet we still have an opportunity to be an outpost for the Lord Jesus Christ in our time, in our moment, in our neighborhood, and that's what every church has got to do, regardless of your size, regardless of where you're located, what your history is. So we've got to introduce this idea, and that's what we're going to be talking about for the next several podcast episode, Church Reimagine. Isn't that right, Leslie? That's right. So we're challenging our teams to start thinking about this. How can we replant? How can we renew? How can we reimagine what we're doing as a church, given the situation that we're currently in? So we're not looking backward anymore. We're not saying before COVID, it was like this. We're saying this is what it is. Yep. And now we're moving forward. So we have in the studio with us today, high atop our offices, Larry Mayer and Joel McDonald, who pastor at Family Church West. So welcome. Larry is a returning guest to the podcast. Joel, it's his first time. So Joel, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell them a little bit about yourself and then Larry, and then tell us a little bit sure. about West. Yeah. So um, I have the opportunity to serve as a teaching pastor at our West campus, serve with Pastor Larry. Ton of fun. I'm the husband to my wife, Tamara. Have my daughter, Hannah, daughter, Ellie, and a son named Shepard. Yep. Been here three so years. How long have you been married to Tamara? 11 years. 11 years. And your daughters are how old? Hannah's six, at least four, and Shepard's one year old. All right. So, you know, I have a soft spot for those girls. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it when they see me. If they come give me a hug, it just melts me. I don't know if you just tell them to do that and give them a piece of candy, but I really appreciate it. <laughs> I assume that you do that because all the kids. Oh, I do. That's true. <laughs> I do what I can. But I, I love your family and love that you're involved in our church. And you're a Florida kid just like me. Yes, sir. Pensacola, Florida, born and raised. That's right. Tallahassee, and school at the best uh, best school on the planet, the Florida State University. <laughs> All right. I throw in the shameless plug. How about you, Larry? Tell us about yourself. Uh, my name is Larry Mayer, and I'm a campus pastor at Family Church West, and been married for 32 years to my incredible wife, Deanna. And we have three kids who are kind of dispersed. One is local, but they're dispersed. And when you come to the campus, Pastor Jimmy, I like to give you a hug too, but you'll never give me any candy though. <laughs> yeah. So don't worry. It's never going to happen. Yeah, Larry. So Larry, you served in ministry for how long? Vocational ministry? Almost 20 years now. Yeah, 20 years. And Larry's been at some of the greatest churches in the nation. He has a history of tremendous uh, multi-site leadership and everywhere you've been has, has grown. Joel, you're a youth pastor just like me. And that's uh, <laughs> where kind of our background and, and how we got involved in uh, ministry. But now you guys are pastoring it. Family Church West. Now, Family Church West uh, meets at a school. It's a setup and tear down campus. Yeah. And you guys run uh, uh, before COVID about 300 or so. Is that about right? Yep. And then now you're having to replant, reimagine, and rebuild. So mm-hmm. I love just to talk a little bit about uh, Family Church West. Joel, what it's like. Larry, you want to chime in? Sure. And just tell our listeners, like, what, what is the vibe at Family Church West right now? Okay. 
Yeah. So right now, we so we're the only campus right now in our network that's mobile. So we like to say we're the only campus that really loves Jesus at Family Church. <laughs> um, but our people, you definitely work harder at it every Sunday, no doubt. We do, and we but we our people love being together, and so it was a uh, just so cool to see. One of the things I'd say about just to brag on at West Campus, especially later, I talked with our group leaders. We're talking about this last week at a group leader meeting. Um, whenever COVID first hit, we were just working hard as a network, trying to get all of our groups to go virtual. And I remember um, just calling some of our group leaders, and they said, "Oh yeah, we've already done it." We've already called our people. They're already on it. And so just all through the pandemic, our people have done so well at just caring for each other, loving each other. So we had a chance to meet back in person. People were just pumped to come back, be together. So we have, a, I feel like our people really feel like we are a family church. Um, we love being together. So I, I feel that, felt that before and we feel it even more now coming back. Tell, yeah. tell me, Larry, what's like for you? Yeah. So prior to COVID, we were meeting in this state-of-the-art theater that we had. I mean, it had every bell and whistle you could imagine. And then when COVID hit, of course, we all shut down like so many people across the country. And then when we reopened, we actually decided to move to the gym there, which is a little closer to our parking lot, but it kind of fit us better in terms of being able to go to a chapel style, feel a little bit of a stripped down model from what we were doing pre-COVID. And it's really helped us out. It's really helped our people. I think correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor Joel, but I think it's helped them to move back into a pioneering spirit, Mm. you know, instead of a settler's mentality. Mm. And so it it, it feels rugged again. It feels like we're the underdogs again, like who expects us to win, but we're going to win. It's going to (laughs) happen. And we had a great response to starting back up the church in, I guess it was August is when we started. We had about 68 to 70% of our people return. And I think a lot of that had to do with something that was taking place long before I ever got here, which was the strength of our growth groups that were happening. People are already connected in community. And so when the church quit meeting, people were still connecting with one another out there. And I think that was real beneficial for us to gathering back together again. People already felt connected. Yeah. You guys do such a great job with that. So now we're coming back. So Larry, you kind of came on our team right before COVID. And so we kind of brought you in. It's kind of like the growth expert and we're going to blow this campus up. And, <laughs> and like, we shut down. Been, yeah, just about the time <laughs> you got onboarded. <laughs> You know, everything shuts down. strategy. You didn't know about that, did you? Yeah. That didn't come out in the interview process. Yeah, way to go, Larry. Thank you. But, and Joel, you've been laboring there, teaching there, preaching there, and investing in the people, connecting with these people for a couple of years now. How are you guys processing as the the key leaders at this campus? How are you processing this idea of reimagining the West Campus? You touched on a little bit, Larry, but where are we at? What are we thinking? So, Joel and I were talking about this when you introduced the idea of, hey, we got to replant Every single campus, we're like, okay, so do we just want to kind of drift into this momentum or is there a way for us to try to create some momentum uh, out of this just difficult, awkward situation? And so we just began to think about it because our campus, just like a lot of our campuses, are like right in the middle of a massive community that is just unchurched or dechurched. Like 93% of the people don't go to church anywhere. And we know that that's why God has us there, right? It's not simply just to take care of the, the couple of hundred that he's assembled with us. And so we're like, man, what do we got to do? So as we begin to read, as we begin to think, as we begin to talk, we just realized that there was a, like another ec- epidemic going on in our community that's just not COVID. And it was an epidemic of community and hope. People were missing community and they're missing hope. They're missing community with each other. And obviously we believe with God and then hope. They don't know if they're going to have a job tomorrow, they don't know if school's going to be shut down. They just don't know all this stuff. And so we started out with that. Like, how can we help make a difference in our community, in our neighborhood where we live in the terms of community and hope? We felt like we were doing a decent job at it at the campus. We already know that we can get better, but with 70% of our people in groups and then 
by this time, we've got about 40% of our people actually engaged in serving at least one time a month on the campus, which I think is really strong. But that was just internally. How do we get it out to the rest of the world? How do we get it out to the rest of our community? And that's what started us off along the lines of thinking, instead of drifting into something that's healthy, mm. what if we intentionally plan something? And so this isn't like rocket science or anything like that. But we just said, what if we actually did something similar to an actual like launch of a church? What if we like actually thought about relaunching? And so we came up with a date that we would associate with it instead of just drifting towards it. And that can be good too. But we said, what would it do if we, if we pointed everybody and everybody's efforts and everybody's focus towards relaunching at a specific date? And I don't know, Joel, if you want to take it from there and kind of talk about that date and what we're doing on 321. Yes, I'll add one thing to that. You mentioned just people feeling lonely, isolated. So the Surgeon General said there is a loneliness epidemic. Yeah. And he said that in 2017. Right. So <laughs> so it's so, it's so much more so He's now. like a prophet. Yeah. yeah. So, so how much more so today? And so what we said is like, man, is we want to take our people and truly take the gospel, every person, every family in the Western communities of Palm Beach County. We said, hey, we have to somehow lean into the family part of family church to be in community, and we have to take that to our people in, our, in the Western communities who are looking for that. So especially like I said, we have a date we put on the calendar, March 21st. We are throwing a neighborhood party, and we are giving our church family an opportunity. Some of them, we joked, hey, this may be the 15th time you invited them, but you've been looking for opportunities to invite neighbors, loved ones, coworkers, friends. We want to give you another chance to do that. And so for us, it's going to be March 21st. That's pretty exciting. So what happens on March 21st? Well, March 21st, again, it's it's not rocket science, but we just decided to give people an excuse to reinvite their neighbors again for the, you said, the 15th time. What we've discovered is we started talking about this thing called community and hope is that it's an epidemic inside the church as well as outside church. So our people could understand they know somebody who's struggling for community. They know somebody who's struggling for hope. They themselves are struggling with it. And so we're just inviting them into more of that. So on the 21st or the 31st, it is 21st, Larry. <laughs> 21st. Let's do it again on the 31st. I don't even Sounds know if that's good. a Sunday or not. But So on the 21st, we're just throwing a party. So we're going to do church just like we always have. We're going to have great worship. We're going to have great community. We're going to have great hospitality. But afterwards, we're just throwing a party, a reason for the community to come together and stick around for a little bit. So we're having a cookout. We're having inflatables. We're having snow cones. We're having giveaways for the kids that are that are, will be attractive. When you invite your neighbor, they're going to be like, yeah, I'd like to be a part of that. Because a lot of people, we're just not sure, right, what their appetite is for regathering. But we've seen some signs of people actually enjoying some hangout time. You know, they're not necessarily wanting to stay there for hours. So we're going to create an environment where they can invite their friends and actually laugh a little, have a good time, see their kids playing some games. And uh, we're going to take the advantage of just trying to connect with people, knowing that on this day will be a big day. Then we've got a week. And then the following week is Easter. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking, man, we might get a, a double mm-hmm. hit there in a couple mm-hmm. weeks of just some momentum. And hopefully we'll have some people that will stick, that will feel community. They'll experience hope and hope has a name. His name is Jesus. They're going to get introduced to Jesus and let's see what God does. So you guys have done some very specific actions or set some very specific goals for what you're doing here with March 21st. Mm-hmm. Right. So why don't you tell our listeners, like, what are you actually, what are you challenging people to do? What are you doing yourselves to get the word out about what's happening on March 21st? Like, how are people going to know about this? Yeah. Don't you set some goals for your people? Yeah. So one of the things that we did was we just came up with this name called 14 and 4. What it is, it's 14 names in four weeks. Because when we announced this, we were four weeks out from March the 21st. And so we said, come up with 14 names that you know of people that need community and or hope. 
And we're going to put together a strategy for you to reach out to them and invite them to this party, to this neighborhood party. And so four weeks, 14 people, four weeks, 14 and four. Pretty simple, right? Just hopefully it's catchy enough for them to hang on to. And so for the first two weeks, their goal was or their job was just to text them with a graphic that advertises what we're doing on the on the 21st. Text them and invite them. Would you be my guest? Come to my church just one time. You know, we just want them to come and touch base with it. So they'll come. If they hear from them like, no, I'm not coming or yes, I am coming, engage with that. But if you don't hear from them at all, the second week, you're going to text again. And now we're heading to the third week after this coming Sunday, and we're going to call people that we haven't heard from at that point in time and just invite them to personally, hey, would you come and be my guest that day? I'd love to have you. We're just going to have a party at the church and get to know your neighbors. Your neighbors will be there. The community will be there. It'll be a great time. Yes, we're going to enforce social distancing and all those kinds of things as well. But we think we're going to create a very safe event. So that's one part of what we're doing. You want to talk about some of the individuals that are going to do some of the front yard barbecues? Yeah, so we're so then we're again we're um we have this event on the twenty first, but really the community and hope are something we're trying to lean into for the whole year. So we're pushing our people to say, hey, we want you to find ways, just engage with neighbors, engage with people. Maybe you know a little bit, try to take that relationship a little bit deeper. So we've asked some of our people they're going to be hosting over the next few weeks um, some front yard barbecues. So they're going to say, hey, we're going to put the grill out and just invite our neighbors, tell them to come over and get to know them. For some of them, we're hoping that's going to turn into an invite to the twenty first. For others, it may turn into an invite to Easter or maybe just a relationship that begins to grow. That eventually will will be a chance for them to share the gospel with them or to maybe invite them to church. So we're just encouraging our people to lean into the idea that our community as a whole is feeling lonely and isolated. That's not everybody, but in general, that's that's, that's fair to say. And so we are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Psalm 68 verse 6 says that God puts the lonely in families. And we are family church. And so we have to take the family part of the gospel to our communities. Now, let's get even a little bit more pragmatic. Okay. You guys have a strategy. You guys have decided to have a party. There's a you got a, you got a scriptural basis for the reason that we're gathering people. What do you want to happen? Like, what are you hoping are going to be the results of all of this work? And how are you going to measure whether or not all of this effort, and there's some expense about how are you going to measure whether or not it, it worked? Yeah, so last weekend, uh, I don't know when this will air, but last weekend, we broke the 200 mark. So we started yeah. with a little over 300 prior to COVID. Now we're back up to 200. Uh, Pretty one awesome. Week, one week doesn't make a, a trend, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll take it, it though, it will, it will next yeah. week. So, you know, we're hoping, we're praying that uh, if this is successful with the 14 and 4, and we're also doing some Facebook advertising. We're putting some money behind that as well. We're seeing great traction. Results are still left to be found out, but we're hoping that we're going to have a, an excess of 300 people. That will be there. We're going to do a uh, uh, an individual kind of survey like, hey, everybody, how'd you hear about Family Church? And we'll find mm-hmm. out how they heard about us. Was it through an individual invite? Because we've got several thousands of those that we're equipping people with. Mm-hmm. Was it through a front yard barbecue? Was it through a Facebook ad? Or was it a combination of all those? So we'll have them come in. And then, then that's when the real work starts is once we can gather some names. Because if we don't capture names, if we don't capture people, we have no way of following up with them and hoping to create community with them. So we'll invite them to this event where they'll see community, but that doesn't make them a part of community until we reach out and kind of have a hold of them. So that'll be the homework and that'll be the hard work between then and Easter because we'd love to bring them back to Easter. So we're going to invite them on the 21st to come back and experience Easter with us as well. So I think that's the beauty, potential beauty of having these two events so close together. Well, what, what I want our listeners to come away with as you have this conversation is that Joel and Larry, first of all, they've gotten their minds around this idea that they're going to replant and reimagine their church. They recognize that 
they were having a certain level of attendance and a certain way that the church felt and was kind of living before COVID, but now we're in a different environment. They're not in the fetal position. They're not crying or whining about what used to be and what isn't now. They're in the process of rebuilding. You come up with a plan. You come up with a strategy. You've tried to engage your entire church body in getting it going. And you're going to throw a party and invite people. You have a scriptural basis for why you're doing it. And what I love about that is any church of any size could scale this. If you're a church of 30, you could do this. If you're a church of 3,000, you could do this. And you guys are modeling something really healthy and really fun. And I'm confident that God's going to bless it. And Leslie, as we look at across all the family church churches, 13 of them right Mm -hmm. now, this is something that I think all of us need to be learning from. Yeah, I agree. So we're excited about what you're putting together here, and we're excited to see what happens and the intentionality. That's the thing I would say about it is this is a very intentional plan. So do you have actual goals that you've set? Like we would like to see, you know, you said 300 people show up from that 300. We'd like to see, or are you just kind of just 300. Well, leaving it up yeah. to God. If, if, if you so. know me at all, like, right. I want 100% retention. Right. That's just what, that's just <laughs> okay. what I shoot for. I never right. get it, but right. I, I keep hope out 300 there. 300 people know? show up and all of them stick. Everybody that we get a name for, we believe we've also got a strategy now that we probably implemented maybe a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, just following up with first-time guests. The key issue, though, is is identifying them, getting them to fill out a communication right. card or a survey or anything we can find out. We're actually able to, I think, on Facebook now, find out people who engage with our post, and we can follow up with them even if they don't come. If they liked it, they clicked it, we can get some feedback or get some interaction with them. So we're going we're to pull out all the stops and go after everything that we can because we really believe that people are literally dying without communion hope. It, that is our energy. Is we're, This isn't a program this is a, a passion that we have to reach people who are hurting. And this is both inside and outside the church for different reasons. But we see this epidemic. I'm doing a funeral tomorrow of a friend of mine who who took his life. And I know it has to do with everything to do with the fact that he stepped out of community mm. for about four years. His family's talking to me about this. And he just didn't have any covering of mm. healthy believers around him. And he made a choice. And we can't let that happen. Not on our watch. Yeah. We've got yeah. to do something about that. That's We've right. got to be difference makers in that area. And if we don't, who will? Right. And so, Joel, we want to have hundreds of people there. Look, I hope one day you have thousands of people coming to Family Church West. Amen. I hope that you guys plant 10 churches because we've got all the Western communities are exploding. There's plenty of places to plant churches. But the truth is we don't do this so we can fly a flag of some number of people that attend right. or some kind of facility that we've built. There are reasons why we're doing this. And Joe, I'd just like you to remind our listeners, why do we do these things? What is the task that Jesus has given us? Oh, it's good to us to make disciples. And so we want to see. So yesterday I was texting a part of my 14 and 4 people. One of them was my neighbor, Bob. Um, his wife, Suzanne, is a believer. Bob is an atheist. And Suzanne has come before to Family Church West, but they've not been since the pandemic. I texted my friend Bob yesterday and said, hey, man, would love for you and your family to come join us, hang out with our family on the 21st. So we'll be there. And so he's, and we'll see if he actually comes, but I think, I think he will. And they're going to come. I want to see Bob come to know Christ. Yeah. I want to see him get baptized at Tempter's West. I want to see him join a growth group and find community. I want him to say, hey, man, these are my people. This is my, I found family at Family Church West. And so we want to see uh, Bob baptize his daughters who play with my kids. Come on. We, we want to see that happen in the days and years ahead. Yeah. And that's what this is really all about. So just so all of our listeners understand, 
All of this is different. All of our contexts are different. Our neighborhoods, cities, towns, villages are different. But the goal is the same because the Great Commission was given by Jesus Christ. The goal of making disciples of all kinds of people. And all of us can do it because all of us have been given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one who makes us the witnesses of Christ everywhere that we live and play and work. And so wherever we are, let's all make sure that we keep the main thing, the main thing. These other things are tools and strategies and uh, practical uh, handles. But the main thing is we want to make disciples. So I wonder, kind of as a parting shot, I'd like to go around, start with you, Larry, and then Joel, and then Leslie. What advice would you give based on this conversation to someone who's listening? Maybe they're in a church. Maybe they're feeling a little isolated as a leader, or they're feeling like their church is ineffective or wounded somehow by what's happened in the pandemic. What's some advice you would give them about reimagining their church? First of all, I would say, number one, you're not alone. Lots of churches are having to ask this question or should be asking this question. We don't want to take and put new wine in old wineskins, right? We want to do something different. Now, we're not reinventing anything at Family Church West. We're, we're refocusing is what we're doing to add another read to the conversation. But I would just say to you, fall in love again with your community. Mm. Just fall in love with them. And you can't do that from a distance. You got to get out there, get involved in your community, talk to some people and find out what their needs are, what they're hurting. And then you already have the answer. They just don't know it. You got to tell them again in a fresh new way that we've got the answer for your isolation. We've got the answer for your lack of community or for your lack of hope. We have an answer and invite them into that. And I just believe that when you meet people's needs where they're at, they're going to show up. It's just mm -hmm. what I hold on to. That's the hope I hang on to. And so I just say, fall in love with your community again, and then create an environment that that community would love to show up at. How about you, Joel? Yeah, I'd say uh, add to that, fall in love with Jesus. Remember why we do this. And as we as pastors and ministry leaders, you know, we he's the vine, we're the branches. Right? Apart from him, we can do nothing. And so let's let all of this just certainly love for our neighbors and for our community, but let it flow from a love for Jesus and let our people grow in love for Jesus. And then that's going to change our hearts to flow out to love for those around us. Leslie? Well, that was like really good and spiritual. So I'm going to go a little more practical because um, all the spiritual is I agree with 100%. But I think the intentionality, like I said earlier, that you've um, put toward this and the way that you've thought it through and that you've you know come up with a plan, um, like you said, Larry, like maybe we're going to drift toward this. <laughs> so people might be thinking, maybe I'm going to drift toward me more people coming back to my church, like stop drifting, make a plan, be intentional and go out and reach those people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks so much. And to all of our listeners, we want to help you. Uh, we believe that you can uh, grow your church. You can reach people where you are with the resources you have in your church because of who you are and God's put you there. And we want to help. So if you want to reach out to us on social media or via our website or email us, call us at Family Church. We'll do anything we can to assist you, help you, come alongside you, pray for you, encourage you. We do it every single day here. And we love to be your friend and to be an ally in the fight as we do what God's called us to do in our own places of service. This is Jimmy Scroggins, Larry Mayer. This is Joel and Leslie. We're all signing off. This has been Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want to hear what you're doing so that we can all learn from each other. We're in this together. We are church for the rest of us. Until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins. Staying flexible, adaptable, and agile. 
all for the sake of the gospel.